Comics and games to movies and TV. This is the Nerd Show on thirteen ten KFKA. Nerd rage. Nerd rage. Now here are the nerds. Happy Nerds Day, everybody! You're listening to the Nerd Show on one hundred three point one and thirteen ten KFKA. Sitting next to Scott Magerflesh, across from Micah behind the glass, and I'm Nick Kenny. The three hosts also were known as. As Darth Monger, Darth Ambivalous, <laughs> Darth Harmonic. Little well, there bridge. you go. It was like the door trying to get in. Little delay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't. And we can't even hear you, Micah. That, that's not on me. <laughs> I don't. I don't take credit for the door. No. The door has a mind of its own. Well. We left a building with a door that had a mind of its own to uh, come to a building that has a door that is a mind of its own. But it's a much nicer building. Can I just go on record and say it's a oh, much it's nicer very building? Nice. I love it. Yeah. I would much rather come here than our old place. Yes. Now to complain about it. Number one. No. <laughs> I can complain about anything. Yes, you can. I don't know if that's a skill set. Or uh, um, a piece on your resume, Micah, but it is a fact. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know if it's a gift or a curse. I, well. <laughs> I get cursed for my gift. Yeah. I, uh, well, okay. well, wow, wow. wow. Okay. okay. Uh, what a week of nerdy things. Yeah. Um, we had uh, the season finale of Ahsoka. We had the season premiere of Loki. The three of us got together to go see the creator this weekend. So we have a lot to talk about well, in a very short amount of time. And there was also a new episode of Gen V. Oh, yes. Which I believe you are not watching. I'm not. And I am losing my desire to watch it really quickly. So Here, let's let's review that right now. I've also been losing my desire to watch it. Okay, the end of talking about it this episode. Okay. We Does, can leave it there. The V stand for very bad? Uh, well, no, it's actually an homage to Compound V, which was the chemical that these parents injected into their infants to give them superpowers. Um, you know, that triggered a, a, a thought and actually... Um you, I don't know what you call those shorts, reels, yeah, just a little video TikTok thing. I, I'm not on TikTok, but it made me laugh and then question things. And it was this uh, woman. I don't know if she was putting on makeup. Anyway, she starts coughing, and then out comes all this smoke or dust. And the caption was, "A pregnant woman when Thanos snaps his fingers." Oh no! So. Oh, I that may that made me chuckle <laughs> and laugh, but also question oh. what would have happened had Thanos. Well, when Thanos snapped his fingers, and a, 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 a not just a woman, but animals too were pregnant. I with, don't know with infant with child. I, with, I, did they? <laughs> did he also kill animals? Yes, yeah, it was half of all life in the universe. So everything because mm -hmm. because that would have been really stupid. Half. What if he like killed? Like the entire coral we're, reef. We're diverting. We're diverting here. Yeah. I have a, a, a question that I'm really curious about of how 
accurate that might have been. Well, I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit hole here and we could play the whole political game. As, I know, and that's where, where I said... Where does life begin? Politics. And we're not doing that. I did that with a buddy yesterday. I said, you know what, this just shows that our congressional leaders aren't prepared for that topic even now, let yeah. alone if that were to have happened in uh, in in... Huh. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, right. and how many people would have stopped watching at that point? Well, and what yeah. if what if the fetus was fine, but the mother disappeared? Does it just? Yeah, I mean that's a great that's a great example. It's like poof, oh, you know. Well, yeah, I don't know. That... You know, normally I'm the one that comes up with these dark topics, <laughs> oh, but I, now I, we're we're seeing that Nick had a bad day. I, no, I don't think he had a bad day. I think it's a legitimate question because. You start to get into that whole element. And again, I don't want to get political. We're not going to talk politics. We're not going to go into the definition of, you know, whether life begins at conception or delivery or whatever else. But you think about that, there would have been hundreds of millions, if not billions of life, sentient beings or, you know, unsentient beings, if you're talking about, you know, animals or whatever else that would have been in some stage of pregnancy when that happened. And yeah, what happened? Did... Thanos' snap, take them both, take neither? You just, yeah, it's I mean, kind of it like, random, I don't know. So I, I yeah. just, how deeply did he think about it? I think he just said, I'm getting rid of all, half of all life in the universe. Well, and he said it wasn't going to be biased. Yeah, it was, all, it was completely random. Anything. It was, uh, I, I thought, well, yeah, I mean, so. the, the idea was. That's why creating more resources rather than killing would have been a better idea. It is. I'm sure it's off the video now, and there's just so horrible. I think she's doing the cinnamon challenge. I, if, uh, something. If yeah. Look. Oh my gosh. That, that's is. another dumb thing. The cinnamon challenge. Oh wow! Just that caught me so off guard when I was scrolling. Yeah. And I um. <laughs> I have no response to that. Could Thanos have like snapped his fingers and just got rid of all like the useless people, the people that do that? I'm gonna do this challenge on this social media platform. <laughs> like the 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 people that really kind of the dar the people who should get Darwin Awards, but we don't give those out anymore. Like those people, yeah. he, sh- he should have snapped he and gotten rid of. He could those have people. done it a bazillion different ways, but I think that's where he was justifying and validating his actions and that it was unbiased. It was random. It was fair. Because the world needs stupid people as well as smart people. Apparently you do. And if you get rid of half, then at least the resources on the planets and in the universe would not be taken up because you had eliminated half of the consumers, regardless of their worth or value or contributions to society. Yeah, but you're also getting rid of, like, half of plants and half of animals, aren't you? you are. So you're getting rid of half of resources. I don't think he got rid of plants. No, not plants, but life. So we know know plants plants are are alive, but they they are not considered organic life, to my knowledge. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was plants and it was animals and humans and... Yeah, I think we could go down the rabbit hole of, yeah. you know, the coral reef or or sea anemones and other yeah. things that are, you know, living things, but not actively contributing to the destruction of the universe right. that Thanos was so distraught upon. Yeah. Well, so I think uh, next week we're all going to do the Cinnamon Challenge live. No, we're not. No, we're not. No. I'm not doing that. Okay. Well, no, sorry. Never mind. I'm no, not, not letting you happen. in the building if you bring any cinnamon. I just brought cinnamon uh, banana bread today. 
into the building. You didn't tell me there was cinnamon Maybe in this. Maybe that's why the door locked you out. Cinnamon and nutmeg. Oh, that's okay. I'm going to fall over and... No, I'm just kidding. I, I love it. It's great. You, <laughs> did, need, a well, you did a great job. Well, Good banana you. bread. Well, uh, I, I will admit on air that it's better than your zucchini bread. My, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I think you knew that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I was just using zucchini. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I like your zucchini bread better. I've never had either of them, but zucchini doesn't kill me. That fair bananas are... Micah is allergic to banana. Yeah. Yeah, that's my kryptonite. I, you know, the zucchini bread, because I'm using my sourdough as a, as a big feeder for this bread. Um, wanted to get rid of the bananas that I don't eat during a week. And then I had some zucchini from the garden. And, uh, you know, I, the sourdough, it doesn't give that overwhelming sourdough flavor. But uh, instead of using tons of sugar for that zucchini bread, it called for banana as the sweetener instead. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it was a little more bland and you need almost a stick of butter to, to eat that. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yep. I am a, I'm a, not a professional cook. Don't pretend to be one. I just love sharing my gift, and I welcome the feedback. So All right. Thank you. I'll use real sugar next time. Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I would suggest have, that. <laughs> next week, it's time for me to provide you guys with peanut butter and cheese quesadillas. I've known you for a long time, Micah, and you've talked about that for a long time, and I'm still not hooked or sold. Uh-huh. And I haven't tried it yet, but... Yet. Um, I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth, so. <laughs> that, just Thanos snap? <laughs> no, the idea of a peanut butter and cheese quesadilla. Just oh, don't knock it till you try it. I'm just saying. Well, what are we dedicating a, a half a segment wow. to? Um, because we're uh, it's more like two minutes of this. I was going to say, we're like, well, here, how about this? I know Micah said that's no more of it, but. I would like to rant just a little bit more about Gen V, and then we'll get into some better topics in the last 90 seconds. I am frustrated with the show at this point in time because they are literally going down this really vulgar, kind of grotesque, kind of, you know, how much can we gross you out? Because they're uh, trying to... Yeah, they're trying to one-up themselves almost every episode, and I just I'm I'm struggling with that because it seems like they keep adding elements into it from a violence and a gore perspective that don't doing it do because anything. They yeah, they're doing it because they can, not Amazon. because it helps the story. It's just frustrating to me to watch this, where I would like to see the story evolve because I think they've actually got a fairly decent foundation with this, but they just keep trying to go down this path of you know, I mean, like in this week's episode. One of the main characters, there's a guy who has psychic abilities, but he also can, you know, trick you into, you know, passing out and then he takes you to bed. And, you know, so it's kind of like he's the campus roofie guy, but he can do it with his own special powers. And the main character, Maria, um, literally explodes all the blood in his penis. And they show that, and it's lit- it's just like, why? We don't need to see that. And it just it feels like we're going to go down that path, and we're going to make this as, you know, we're going to show as much male frontal nudity as we possibly can in this series. I think they're, they're almost 50% at this point in time on the season. Every other show has at least had that one, and I just am... Um, I'm struggling with that concept that that's what they're trying to do to get ratings and to get people to watch it because it's not helping the story at all. Yeah, and the rest, like the all the dramas, I don't care about that. I care about the overall story. I want to find yeah. out who, uh, why, you know, 
the stuff's going down. I don't I don't care about the the people falling in love and sleeping with each other. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. Well, still not going to watch it. Nope, from my you point. shouldn't. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Nerd Show. We've got Ahsoka, Loki, and the creator to talk about, just maybe not in that order. We'll yeah. be right back after this break. Welcome back to the Nerd Show here in the Aloe Fiber Studios. Scott, Mike, and I getting nerdy. Yeah. We uh, in Midtown Greeley. In Midtown Greeley, <laughs> indeed, on this beautiful fall day. Uh, the three of us went out um, to go see the Creator, um, a new action thriller movie, uh, just this past um, this past weekend. Yeah. It was, uh, well. <laughs> It was we, hit and we, miss. We all had, uh, I think, different expectations heading into the film, and uh, I think kind of all left. I can't speak for the other two, but we've discussed this off air. You know, there wasn't a lot of hype. I didn't see too much about this film, but then when we agreed to go see it, I was like, okay, cool. This this might be uh, this might be all right. Plus, it's it's Gareth Edwards who yep. had directed Rogue One. He also directed the first uh, of the latest reboot of Godzilla movies, uh, which is. Eh, okay to me, but I mean, Rogue One, that's a, that's a great brand, a great film. Agreed. And, uh, you know, and then he had Hans Zimmer uh, writing the score for this film. So um, first impressions or uh, now that sat with us for a few days, gentlemen. Meh. I, upon reflection and revisiting, I actually enjoyed it less than I did when we walked out of the theater on Saturday. Is it weird that I feel the exact same way? I think I did too when we when Scott and I connected for uh, for a cigar in Fort Collins. We both had separate errands to run and kind of drove up in silence just to do my own reflection on not just the film but other things and go, you know, eh. You know, we talked uh, when we were puffing on a stogie. I really liked the introduction. You know, it sets up, you know, just for the story, uh, a war between mankind and AI, artificial intelligence. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the show and chips in our minds and other things. And I thought the intro was really good. Um, It kind of covered a lot of history without going through all those phases of the the introduction to AI and and then kind of where they were at that that given time. And then they did a time jump of 20 years after an atomic bomb went off in, in L.A., kind of setting up um, the, the whole storyline. But other than that, just to me, it, it just felt clunky. It was rushed. I didn't ever feel anything for the characters, you know, a connection to none of them. The little um, kid? I The little kid and the uh, wife. Were two people that I actually were sort of invested in. I also liked a couple of the military members and wanted them to live, even though they were the bad guys. Well, and they took a long time setting up that they were the bad guys. There was a lot of, I think, conflicted writing with some of the characters. Scott, you were mentioning that about the the main general, who yeah. I still scratch my head of why a general is actually heading into the field with a with a you know, special forces unit. Well, I think I think. So the main general, who I think is like a, the 
one of the worst parts of the movie because he's he's just a, like a caricature of a, a he he just doesn't feel real. But like the the woman, I think she's a colonel or something. She feels real. She, she feels a like colonel, a real yeah. soldier. The soldiers feel real, therefore I kind of like them more. But there's I I don't know. There's there are so many like little parts of it that you can nitpick, so many big parts that you can nitpick that it takes some of like the the great parts that you really like and and brings them down. And it's it's not by any stretch of the imagination a horrible movie. It's it's just kind of watch it once and be like it's okay, not something I'd want to uh, see again. And the, the, and the little girl was a great actress. I, I, I want to agree, but I can't really. I mean, just because the story didn't make enough sense for her to have that level of emotion or that that, uh, that is that, true that yeah. growth throughout such a short time span. I mean, she goes from you know, and I had high hopes. John David Washington stars, and I believe he's Denzel's. Child is he a Denzel Washington? I think son? so. Yes. Um, and you know we know Denzel is a legend of the his greatest own mind, actor, one of the my um, favorite. And you know he goes in to try to to find this you know massive you know, this weapon of mass destruction that's going to end this war between mankind and AI, but then uses it and and falls in love with it, but abandons it. I don't know. It was just yeah, clunky I, writing. I had yeah, and I was I thought it was really sloppy and really lazy it was like well this new this new weapon they've got it's called AO that's its designation and then he shows up in this big bunker and it's like alpha omega i'll call you alfie it's like are you kidding me and then to your point how does this thing become this invested in jones i think that was the his joshua yeah jo- joshua's within the span of essentially 48 hours if if that and you were just like this is and so many things in that movie were just unrealistic, didn't make sense timing wise. And and then he somehow they're able to hack their way onto a, a lunar shuttle. And, you know, that was kind of interesting the way they got that to happen. But then it's like now he's going to send this little tiny, you know, sim and that's good. They call them mm-hmm. simulants off to, you know, go help him take down this gigantic, you know, warship called Nomad and I just it it didn't strike a chord for me and it it I think what they were trying to do we talked about it on our way out of the theater this should have been a miniseries mm-hmm. this needed to be 8 or 10 episodes 45 to 60 minutes each to where we could have gotten into the depth we could have gotten some of that stuff because I think had we seen more of the development of Alfie after the original kind of discovery of who AO is lean into that and build that up a lot more and then make this a hunt of weeks or months instead of hours. Kind of like a Last of Us type of thing. Yeah. A journey where I think that's where they failed too is that rushed emotional connection where I think they just they also tried to force that um, where it just didn't seem organic. He was out there trying to find his late wife, his lost wife. We don't know really what happens to her. And there are some good plot twists and points that were fairly predictable. But it was like, okay, you know, it didn't draw me away as much as that almost just fake relationship between them. And I mean, when you have a show like Last of Us that just came out, that is that's where you connect with the Mm -hmm. characters and you feel that deep passion and care as as gruff as that might have been to start that's kind of how this started too and then just was so smoothed over and 
from a military standpoint, too, the storytelling was just rubbish. You know, at, at one point, they're 400 miles deep into enemy, enemy territory, so it's a very sophisticated mm-hmm. special incursion. Yet they are immediately discovered. And then at a certain point, you know, Allison Janney, who plays the colonel, who I really admired her from her role in the West Wing, mm-hmm. um, didn't do it while well, we're going to call him the cavalry. And all of a sudden, you have these massive tanks emerging through the forest, almost like the T-Rex does in Jurassic World or Jurassic Park 2, yeah. you know, where it just kind of comes out of the woods. How are you so deep into enemy territory? You can just land these crafts willy-nilly. You have this giant spacecraft that can wipe out cities, and, and I can't believe it hadn't scanned all of yeah. uh, New Asia or whatever right, they called yeah. it. It just didn't... It was, yeah, not good. If it was a better movie, we could go over some of the more positive aspects, like those suicide robots, how the Americans twisted the suicide robots into proud to serve you and then go like that aspect was rather interesting. I yeah. thought that oh, was a bombs? positive. Yeah. yeah, the running bombs. Yeah. yeah. They looked like trash cans you know, <laughs> from out the Oscar the Grouch used to live yeah. in. And uh, yeah, it, it I don't know. It, it just it was. It was. I don't know if I'd go see it again. No, I, no, I would you not can't. go see it again, and I wouldn't. I couldn't recommend it. I think that was where I was looking at it. You know, we talked about is it a nerd show stamp of approval kind of thing, and I I couldn't recommend this film to anybody. It was. It had an amazingly great premise that they could have gone with, and they just completely ruined the whole thing. Well, especially with where we are in AI, you know, that's a very hot topic. There's not a lot done about that. You know, we had iRobot, we had some others over the years to to kind of tell the story of what would happen, mankind versus robots. And I think this big film that's supposed to be mankind versus AI in this era of AI, even this past year, was just a swing and a miss. It felt like a cheap ripoff of District 9. Plus iRobot. Plus iRobot, yeah. Yep, that's fair. They had a love child that got, uh, <laughs> that, that, whose parent got Thanos before it was fully developed. I think that's what this movie was. <laughs> fair enough. Well, did not get the Nerd Show stamp of approval, but what might, uh, just want to forecast, we probably have Ahsoka and uh, the season premiere of Loki. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Nerd Show, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Uh, interesting topics to start the show, but uh, now we get into some meat and potatoes and talk about stuff that's truly excited us. Well, I can say for me, and we'll just say those words. Uh, wow, the season finale of Ahsoka. Um, for those who thought also this was just going to lead into the movie and are disappointed by that, Shame on you. We need a lot more content before we get Dave Filoni's movie, which I hope could be a trilogy. But He's got uh, a lot to I'm talking to you, Ryan, Ryan, whatever your name is on Screen Crush, who's upset that this didn't have enough connections tied to just go into the film. Nope, nope. We need another season of Mando. We need another season of Ahsoka. Um, we've got Skeleton Crew. We've got yep. uh, quite a bit more Star Wars that's going to happen before I think we're even remotely ready for a movie. Yeah, we can't move on to the movie. I agree. I I loved 
the season finale. And the more that I've watched it multiple times, and and I think the only thing that I'm disappointed with is that there was so much connection to the Clone Wars and Rebels mm-hmm. that without that understanding, there are going to be a lot of people who don't quite get the nuance, the connections. And some people said, oh, those are Easter eggs. No, they're not Easter eggs. These are relevant aspects that you've got to understand. Like the very end scene when Balin is standing on the arm of that statue, that is the father. Of the Mortis gods. Yeah, yeah. of the Mortis gods. I mean, that's literally what we're looking at. That's what's calling him there. And the son's next. And the son. But the daughter's statue was obliterated. We saw frames of it, and that ties into Clone Wars. Right, where we Mm -hmm. see the stat, where we see the painting. But we got Morai, the owl. Yep. The owl's there, and we saw that, you know, just all of those elements are tying that in, and I have no idea what you guys are talking and about. And I, and that's, but are that's you my point. Speaking English? No, that's my point. That there are elements that we were introduced to in Rebels, and a little bit in Clone Wars, that make so much of what we saw throughout this series, but especially in the season finale with Balin, so relevant. I think that Shin is going to be the person that is going to start to build up this the first order. You mm-hmm. look at those characters that were on there, is the Shin red armor. The bangs gal. Yes. Okay. And I wish that they would not have done some of the backstory stuff they'd done with Phasma because literally Shin could mm. grow up to become Phasma. She won't, she can't, she's not tall enough, but that could have been a great story could arc have been that an you influence could, for it. It could be. And just there's so many things in that that made it good. And I think what Mike had just said brings me to my only disappointment of the entire series is that it is so tight in. No, No, that you didn't, you weren't picking up what I was talking about with the father and the son and the daughter and, you know, the basically the force beings on Mortis that Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka interact with that literally create some of the story arc that Balin is obviously marching towards. So. Is this the part of the seven gods of Game of Thrones where uh, you have the stranger? Uh, it's not. No. So okay. I, I I mean, just recapping that episode briefly because we don't have the time. <laughs> I mean, we, we have a very touching moment with um, Ezra and Hu Yang, which it was cool to see that T6 starfighter. That was Hu Yang's. Yeah. And I'm curious how he and Ahsoka ended up getting connected um, I don't know if that's in an episode of Clone Wars when she leaves, but they've been together a while. But Ezra wasn't taking this droid seriously and just kind of tossing things around until I thought this was really poetic, you know, of I have one piece that will fit that. No, this will. No, this will. No, here it is. And it belonged to um, Caleb, Caleb Dune, also Kanan Jarrus, who was Ezra's teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, you know, as if so he'll have a connection with Kanan with that new lightsaber yeah. forever, just like Harry Potter and Voldemort had yep. that connection with their wands. I thought that was pretty, pretty neat. And then, um, you know, we just go into Morgan being turned into a night sister, into a witch because of all the good she had done. And we know now Thrawn wasn't, wasn't communicating with her. Mm-mm. These these witches of Dathomir, these mothers were. And I, I mean, it really tied in to what we didn't really know. It wasn't just like sending a transcript yeah. or a message or an owl through space, <laughs> you know, to connect with her. She was her connection to Dathomir yeah. and, and these, these witches. Mm-hmm. I like how you brought 
Harry Potter into the Star Wars universe, and I brought Game of Thrones into the Star Wars. This universe. is why it's the nerd show. That's why it's it's they're all interconnected. And people can find parallels. I mean, and, they already are. But and I love how you know they get in the Eye of Zion, and that's their hyperspace ring, and they get to jump out of there. And where do they go? They go to Dathomir, mm-hmm. and and you know the element of the cargo and what Thrawn is bringing back into. You know, the known galaxy around, you know, that our Star Wars galaxy that we've always been uh, familiar with is going to be so interesting. And that's what we're going to get, I think, in season two. We're going to get into some of that. And then we we have Sabine and Ahsoka that are stuck there Well, with Shin know, is, and, and Are Bailey. they going to stay stuck there? I it's don't very know. touching how, you know, Hu Yang t- starts the episode with, you know, you two are stronger together. Don't separate. We finally get, and I think this is where they might have gone wrong with the writing of letting us know at the end why Ahsoka stopped training Sabine. I think people would have been a little less angsty this whole time. Like, why Why is there an issue? Well, it makes perfect sense. Sabine could have been very dangerous had yeah. she been fully trained in the Force. And I, I'm glad we found that out in the last episode. It would have, I think, helped some casual fans understand why there might have been that angst right. between them. But, you know... Ezra gets away and is is saved. You know, for a time we thought they were all going to make it on. I love that Sabine came back. We had an epic duel with Ahsoka and Morgan using oh, the sword so... of uh, Mother Talzin. Mother Talzin's sword. <laughs> who is Darth, so cool. Darth Maul's mother. And, you know, it was... We never saw their battle on, uh, on that one planet in, in season, what, two of The Mandalorian. Right. Season one, two. That was awesome. Yeah. As we get the zombie troopers that are, are reincarnated, we get their pledge to Thrawn that they're going to sacrifice themselves. They knew they were going to stay behind, and Thrawn felt sad. Thrawn gave commendations to the pot tie pilots yeah. who sacrificed themselves in uh, in in that you know brief battle um, planet side. I and like then, him as a villain. And then Morgan, I mean, he is. What a great villain. He's calculated, but he also cares for his troops, which is why he's so dangerous as an imperial leader, because the imperial leadership up until that point, even going back to the clones, did not care about them, did not care about the sacrifices. It was just sheer force and numbers that the Empire thrived on. And this is where Thrawn is the most dangerous, because he can do all of that with a minimal force because he cares about the resources he has, the people he has. Yeah, and for all of my criticism of the physical look of Thrawn, the mindset, the approach, the very um, directed speech and everything else, and where he's adapting and adjusting strategically in the moment when he realizes, okay, this has changed or this isn't going the way that we wanted to, and I just have loved that throughout, and you know, he's like, we're going to go, and here we go, and loved it. I have a complaint. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. I knew that Sabine would get her powers through some kind of distress. I'm like, oh, she's going to get the Force here. The Force is going to baptize her. And then, oh, look, she got the Force. And that happened to Ray. That happened to Luke. This yeah. is typical I Star Wars. I know, but Wars. they were sensitive in the Force, and uh, Sabine wasn't. Well, no. we. I think that is a misnomer. She... Everybody has a connection to the Force. It's how they have to develop it. What we know is that Ahsoka sensed what she could become, but wasn't going to train her. Luke, they already knew who he was. Obi-Wan knew who he was. And 
when because he had lots of midichlorians. He had lots of midichlorians, but you know that was different, and so nobody would look at Sabine and go, "Oh my gosh, she's strong in the force." They might later after she develops and learns to use it, but I agree with Nick that you get put into a situation where you have to use it, and that's how it it's develops. Fight or flight. I mean, yeah. it's humankind when you're getting chased by a bear, you have to run faster than the person next to you. And yes. Then you'll realize how fast you can run. Um, well, this first season, there's so many, so much more we can talk about, especially the recasting of Balin's Skull. I think the biggest disservice this episode was there wasn't more of an ending for how they wound up where they were. It was pretty quick tying up Shin and Balin in that in that finale. Um, but I've got two thumbs up for Ahsoka. Oh, me too. I have one thumbs up for That's, Ahsoka. So, I, pretty well, good I, amount of thumbs, I though. think five out of six, that would make it. Nerd Show Stamp of Approval. Nerd Show Stamp of Approval. I will say I'm re-watching um, Andor right now. Just started that. And I can't wait to rewatch Ahsoka in its entirety because even watching Andor now, last year, first time through, started off a little sluggish. Now picking up on so many different small details that I know are going to culminate into an epic finale, which was, you know... And I, so, folks, rewatch it and yeah. then start chipping away at those Clone Wars and Rebels episodes because a lot more is going to make sense. And you will need this uh, in future Mandoverse. I think that's what we're calling this time. I think so. Hey, guys, guess what? I just brought in Stranger Things. Well into done. The Star Wars universe. Way and to go. Earlier, I forgot I was bringing in Star Trek. Yes, you were. Comparing the Star Trek facilities to the Star Wars facilities. Star Trek Great job, Micah. All right, stay tuned. We'll be back with uh, our impressions of Loki Episode 1, Season 2. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to the Nerd Show here in the Aloe Fibers Studios. Scott, this is Lincoln Park. I know it's Lincoln Park. I was going to say you're air drumming like it's a, a your favorite band. This well, is not your favorite band. It's They're probably in my. Rap. It's probably in my top ten. Really? Yeah, I'm a huge Lincoln Park fan. They would not crack the top 100. But then again, that's all right. My my taste in music is way different than yours. Yes, Loki. it is. Loki. Wow. I. Uh, <laughs> fell asleep the first time I watched it. It's my problem trying to watch something after like 9 o'clock. You know, at that point I'm halfway into a pumpkin. But uh, season two, long awaited and long anticipated. If we recall, it was Loki was supposed to be one season, but the, uh, the, the that little thing in 2020 called COVID threw a, a curveball into that and then uh, seeing where they were with the actor who has played Kang. But here we are, first episode. I'm confused. <laughs> I am too. I was waiting to see what you were going to say because I felt I I've watched it three times because at the end of the first episode when Loki actually does get the time stick and then he gets kicked back so he actually stops time slipping in the TVA. I was like, "Wait, who did that?" And so I went back and watched a second time and I'm paying attention and we don't know. We just know that he gets he gets stuck with a time stick right when he was supposed to, so he gets 
out of the time slipping that's happening, but... It was the person in the elevator, right? No, because that was Sylvie. I thought it was Sylvie. No, because, yeah, Sylvie's in the elevator, and she says... there. So he's running through the TVA. Everybody's evacuating. There's a phone ringing, mm-hmm. and he goes towards the phone. He sees the phone ringing. Sylvie is pushing her way, pushing the elevator doors open, and she's like, there you are. And he goes, Sylvie, and then all of a sudden... He gets hit in the back with a time stick, and now he's, you know, he's gone. But using the, the el- the thing that, that Obi, Obi had <laughs> built earlier, pulled him back out, and he was able to hit Mobius, and so they actually got back into their that current timeline that they were doing. And so, I love the way that they played the back and forth from the the timeline perspective. Mm, oh gosh, I thought that was brilliant, really well done. But I'm still I'm. I'm confused. I just don't quite know what's going on other than Loki was time slipping and now he's not, but I bet I bet it uh he who remains did it. See, I don't think I, so. I think it I'm just going to guess that it's one of those guys who's cuz there there are a bunch of them now. Well, I don't think so cuz that's well, we have to I mean, there's so much about Kang. Yeah. You know the 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 the, the back and forth from past future present mm-hmm. was already confusing enough. Loved the cinematography of what Loki looked like when that was happening. And yeah. I liked that playful banter with Owen Wilson of, how does it look? Not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. Then it happens again. He's like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. You said it wasn't that bad. No, it's like you're dying or <laughs> being born or whatever. It was. I, I, I really do enjoy their banter. It's something yeah. I had forgotten a lot about from, from season one. Um, but, you know, we're in this I don't know where we were. They're making this time travel. These these these. What do they call them? Um, twigs, sticks. The branches. Branches. So convoluted in the Marvel universe now. You know, we've got the Marvels coming out soon, and that's affecting them in time. We've got. I. I. I, I don't. None of this is making sense as far right. as consistency in the MCU. But I do like this story, and I'm curious where it's going. But we do see in that uh, in that courtroom then that the judges chambers is all you know that wall was hidden mm-hmm. between you know kang's face that we saw i think yep. in the future mm-hmm. and loki said you know we're, we're hidden you're being hidden from this shrouded from this you don't know what's going on is the kang that we see sylvie kill in season one is he supposed to be like the good Kang and everyone else is after him? Is he the worst of the Kangs because he's kind of stopped all those branches from going out? My understanding, and I could be completely wrong, but my understanding is that the Kang that she destroyed in season one was the best of all of the Kangs. Now, when I say the best, he was the... Yeah, he had the most Mm. moral that the rest of them that he was keeping at bay by doing what he was doing and, and, and pruning all these timelines and everything else is that was what's now coming afterwards because we remember that he couldn't see anything that had happened beyond where they were at at that point. And then we see that at the very end of the film where you start to see all these other reference, all these other versions of Kang coming together. And that's where he was at. The whole kind of the pruning of the branches was to minimize and eliminate other versions of Kang in the future, basically destroying time and everything else. And so they're recognizing 
the work that they were doing by pruning all these branches of the timeline was also killing people. And that's where the moral piece comes into play. And they stopped pruning. So now all these other Kangs are going to end up becoming, you know, a part of their universe that's all going to just come together in some way. How about a shout out to uh, Short Round? We had Ouroboros, <laughs> or whatever, OB. OB. I loved that. I mean, that whole interaction. He was a fantastic cast, yep. I think, for that for that role. And the banter with Owen Wilson and him, oh, it's been four or five years. Yeah, 100. Oh, 100 years, you know. Yeah. And it puts things into perspective for mm-hmm. that timeline where I, I, they are yeah. because, you know, it's got that 70s vibe to mm-hmm. it, 50s, 70s vibe. It's not 400 years. Um, you know, you had him interacting with Loki, who's building things that, oh, I'm having difficulty reconciling that. And I love how he said that in two different timelines and slightly different, but it all made sense. And the mm-hmm. elements, he's like, wait, are you having a conversation with Loki right now in the past and you remember it now? And he goes, I can't see any flaw in that logic. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his <laughs> phrase was, I just loved it. It worked really well. Great character. I want to see more of him mm-hmm. as we move forward in this. And then... The ending. Where are they? Where are they marching off? That's not just know. for Sylvie. That's way too much firepower. I for don't Sylvie. know. I mean, they said, "Let's go find her," and they're all like, "This is all for Sylvie." They said that, so I don't know. But then she ends up in Oklahoma in 1982. Wait, when, was there a post-credit scene at McDonald's? Yeah, was there? Oh heck, I missed it. Oh yeah, so she all of a sudden walks out of a time door. Wasn't that where McDonald's was founded? I I think so. But like walks into this McDonald's and it was so funny because it's an old school McDonald's and he's like, what would you like? And she's like, nothing with a face, you know, nothing, you know, no possum, no rat, nothing with a face. (laughs) And he's like, well, you could try a brand new chicken McNuggets. And then he's like, we have a Big Mac. What would you like to try? And she's like, and she turns around and looks at the camera and says, I want to try all of it. And that was where they ended that. So, well, I'm bummed I didn't see that, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how many episodes this is. Uh, if it wraps up Loki's story permanently, but uh, I'm intrigued. I am it was, too. I, it's a show I enjoyed when it first came out, and I'm glad it's back. Yeah. Like I said, I'm confused, but not in a bad way. I'm confused because I don't know where this is going, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I like that. I think I would say the same thing. Would you recommend it to somebody? I would. Okay. Especially Marvel fans and especially Loki fans. Well, that was a low-key, low-key. I always try and keep all of my recommendations (laughs) low-key. All right, folks. Thanks for getting nerdy with us. Tune in next week to an all-new nerd show. Nerdians, y'all stay nerdy. Nerdy.